0: It's good to be with you tonight. I'm just sitting here thinking, what am I going to say? How am I going to mess this up tonight? And uh, if you know me, you don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. And so uh, pastor could give that a big amen. He's been with me a time or two and be like, oh, there, see, there we go. We do have a few that know me well enough to know that. I knew Tamara was going to give a big amen to that as well. Uh, but anyways, it's good to be with you tonight. Um, I'm thankful to be here. Uh, I do feel ver- very alone tonight. You notice the road that I'm on doesn't include my family and that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I've been privileged to have a wife stay faithful. I've had pri- I've been privileged that my wife has been there through and through. I think she's missed two services and that was during COVID the whole time we were on deputation. Uh, my wife's been there and I, I thank the Lord and I know she's watching this evening. Um, we were at the house this morning. Uh, As Pastor said, uh, the little ones, they weren't feeling real well. And when they can't tell you a lot about what's going on, I'm like, we're just not going to put them in an environment we don't need to. And so we try to use some caution there. And I've even used some caution tonight. I don't know if you know, I've kind of just stood back. I'm not sick at all, but I don't know if I'm a carrier. And I just don't want to get on top of anybody because of that. Uh, But I'm always excited to come in, and of course I'm nervous every time I'm here, every time I stand to preach. But I want to say thank you tonight. Uh, First and foremost, I want to thank the Lord for salvation, uh, that I'm on my way to heaven. If I bomb tonight, Pastor, I'm still going to heaven. And so it won't matter whether I do or don't. I've been literally tore up for the past few days. God has put one message on my heart, and I think I've preached it before here. But I said, Lord, I said, if this is what you want me to preach, I said, uh, just like you said, I'm not going to let Smutty Face ruin it tonight. I'm going to do what God's told me to do tonight. And so anyways, but it is wonderful. I want to reiterate what was already said. Uh, I know Pastor read all these different letters from these different missionaries. I included it in our last prayer letter. But I want to say thank you, church. Thank you for going above and beyond. Um, When you're on the field, as this family is just starting out, you don't know where the money's going to come from. And uh, just to watch as a church, Calvary, as another church may just send in a a love offering or send in something just out of the blue, uh, how God can do that. I know uh, with us and with our plans and everything this past month, we've been praying, God, would you send in the funds? And it's an amazing thing as I've watched God. I'll have a pastor call me up and say, Justin, we just took up a love offering for you. And I'm sitting there wondering, God, how are we going to make this trip? How are we going to do this? had a pastor text me this morning. He said, Justin, just want to let you know we're doing something special for you today. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, we ain't even at church this morning, yet somebody's thinking about us and praying for us. Uh, Pastor, your father's not the only one that gets emotional. I get a whole lot emotional. Uh, When I get to talking about the goodness of God. Folks, if you ever just realize what God did for you it may just a f- sooner or later affect your heart and realize it it is starting to come out through your eyeballs and you don't know how to stop it. You don't know where it's coming from. And all you can do is say, I praise His holy name because He's worthy tonight, folks. But uh, it is wonderful to be with you this evening. I'm just so grateful. I'm just thinking about, and uh, I'm not near as nervous as I was a minute ago. Praise the Lord for that. But just really think about, Lord, what, what would you have me to say but... Just want to say thank you. I got to thinking this past week, so I went up to the prison Tuesday night, and it was a little bit chilly, uh, but the Lord blessed. And we, had, we didn't have a, a large group of guys there. We went up to Wilkesboro. Didn't have a large group of guys. I think we had nine or ten men in there. And that was a little bit low night for us, but what was an amazing, and I was telling Brother Timmy just a minute ago, what was an amazing thing that took place, is it was different than any service I think we've ever taken place in almost 12 years that I've been up there. Folks, we never even got to sing the first song. Those men just begin to weep. They begin to testify. And I was trying to cut them off, I promise. I I was like, I know how much time we got, but they just wanted to talk about the Lord. And so we just let them just praise the Lord. And you know, one thing they that they'll do is they'll reveal a lot of what's going on in their life. And I had two men stand up and say, Preacher, we don't know where we're going when we get out. We don't have a house to go to. We just don't know what, what's going to... And I got to encourage them out of the book of Genesis on uh, Joseph and the rejection that he went through. And yet God had a plan for him. And I got to encourage those men. But it was such a wonderful evening um, to be there with those guys. But I say all that to say this. I thought the whole time, this may be the last time I'm here with these men. Because if everything continues, and many of you already know, uh, we'll be moving here very shortly. And if everything continues, I'm not going back up there again. And so I was trying to take in every bit of it. And even tonight, I'm trying to take in every bit of it. There's a lot going on in my mind, a lot going on just within me. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, I could be worried about everything else and concerned with everything else, but I come in for one reason tonight. And that's to worship. Folks, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I didn't come in here for you tonight. I know that comes comes as a shock, but I didn't come here for you tonight. I come here to worship the Lord tonight. Folks, if you came for any other reason, you came for the wrong reason. Because it doesn't matter if your car's parked outside. It doesn't matter if you're in the same place that you're always in. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. It doesn't matter about those things if you don't truly know Him. We've got to know Him and we've got to worship Him. And so, with the help of the Lord tonight, I want you to flip over to Acts chapter number eight, and I want you to look at a passage of Scripture with me. Like I say, I, I, I think I, I may have preached it here. It's it's often. Um, I was telling Miss Sue before the service sometimes uh with my diabetes uh sometimes i don't remember stuff as well as I need to, so I try to write everything down, and we've been literally all over the all over the state this week. I was out preaching out at the coast on Wednesday, and then we traveled back in and uh needless to say we were uh we went uh we were just right around the corner last Sunday morning, and then we headed up uh we went out the road uh sunday evening it's just we've been a little bit of everywhere. And so often things just get confusing and I forget things. But uh, I've been praying and just seeking the Lord and I asked Pastor, I texted him yesterday and I said, Pastor, was there a theme today? And I knew it was the sons of the prophet. And so I was thinking on that and I was thinking about these men that are just coming. Some are young, some are older than me, some are younger than me. But there's a lot of men who are coming along and they've got a desire to serve the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit began to put this message upon my heart. And I I know it well, but uh, I got to thinking on this thought tonight. What is your desire this evening? What's your desire? Why are are you here this evening? Why did you get dressed? Why did you leave the house? We know it's cold out. I read a post earlier today on Facebook. A lady said, praise God, everything's all right. But our our heat's out. Our water heater's out. I said, we don't know what we're going to do, but praise God, everything's all right. You know what? And I got to thinking about that. You know what? What's your desire today? What's my desire today? Uh, where are we going with this? Uh, God, what do you have planned for us? Uh, we got to be here just a few weeks ago for vision night. We got to see the desire that pastors got moving forward for the church. Got to see how uh, Lord willing here in the coming months, in the coming years, we'll get to see that youth part added on, that youth wing added on here, and that children's wing. How exciting is that? Um, And just many different things. But the Lord began to work on me about this message myself. And it usually preaches to the preacher before the preacher ever preaches to you. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Justin, what's your desire? Because folks, we've been doing a whole lot of things. But so often our desires get twisted. Our desires get set on different things. Uh, The Holy Spirit had to speak to my heart on this because we've been so pressed on trying to sell a house and trying to buy a house. It takes us off to desire while we're even going. We can get so hung up in the ministry, we can get so caught up with everything else going on that we forget about what we're supposed to be doing. God wants us to serve Him. Not serve man, not serve ourselves, but to serve Him. And so, I ask that question again tonight. What is your desire? Look down with me at Acts chapter number 8, verse number 26. If you will, stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. I'm going to read just a few verses. Very familiar passage of Scripture, but... I want you to look at this this evening as we look at a desire tonight. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go towards the south, and to the way that goeth down uh, from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose, and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. And then the Spirit saith unto Philip, Go uh, near, and join... Thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired, Philip, that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture, what he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before the shearer. So opened he not his mouth and his humiliation. His judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded his chariot to stand still. And they went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went uh, on his way rejoicing. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful singing in here tonight. Lord, we're looking forward to that day when we get to be in glory with you, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, uh, that Lord we have heat on in here tonight. Lord, that we've got a roof over our head. I thought to myself just yesterday evening, Lord, as I went out there to put wood in the fire, God, I thought about those that were sleeping on the streets. Lord, in the teens, whatever it was last night, low, uh, even single digits, Father, there's people that were sleeping on the street and I was going to lay my head down on my bed in the warm 75, 76 degree house. Father, I just thank you tonight, Lord, for the little things this evening. God, we've got electricity Praise God, we get to carry our Bibles in here tonight. God, we've got clothes on our back and shoes on our feet. But oh dear Lord, we've got Jesus tonight. And Lord, I pray this evening, God, that we would just lift our voices. Lord, that we would lift our hearts unto you this evening. God, as you just speak to our heart. God, I pray this message would not just fall at, uh, at our feet, but God, that we would gather it up and Lord, we would apply it to our lives. Father, I pray now, Lord, that Jesus would be uh, exalted and edified. Lord, we sure do love you, Lord. We want to worship you this evening. God, I pray you'd help us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Uh, Looking at this passage of Scripture and looking at the Scripture before it, I thought about the context here. I thought about that desire tonight. As you close chapter number seven, there's a young man named Stephen. He had a desire for the Lord. What was his desire to do? His desire was to serve the Lord. He wanted to serve the Lord at all costs. I just wonder tonight, are you willing to serve the Lord at all costs? Uh, Stephen, of course, we know the, the story of Stephen. Uh, he would begin at the Moses and he would get all the way, I mean, he would begin at Abraham and get all the way up to Moses telling the council about the Lord. In verse 51 of chapter number 7, he says something that really jumps off the page at me. And it must have jumped out at them as well. He said, ye stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Boy, they were offended by that, dear friends. Sometimes we hear stuff that we sure don't like. You know what? When we're serving the Lord, we're going to hear things that we don't like. But here he is serving the Lord. He said this to these men. And while he's serving, his life was taken from him. But he had a desire to serve. You know, here in America, we don't feel like we go through much of that, and we don't. The persecution, uh, the uh, desperation of the things that we go through aren't quite like they are in other parts of the world. But there are people tonight, folks, they're going to lose their life for the name of the gospel. You say, oh, I don't hear about it. They don't want you to hear about it. They could, they, that's the very last thing that they ever want you to hear about. I thought about it. Me, uh, so in our family devotions, we've been going through the life of Elijah. Did you know Elijah got so discouraged and so down there in, uh, in uh, chapter number 19 of 1 Kings that he wanted to die. Now his desire was to serve the Lord. His desire was to do everything he could, but he got so down, he figured, he's like, I'm the only one left. If you go back through and read through Scripture, he says that more than one time. He's like, Lord, I'm the only one serving you. Sometimes we feel like we're on an island, yet Stephen was serving him and Stephen's life was required. And so we see the persecution of this person. But I love how Scripture just begins to unfold and begins to explain other things to us because then we learn about the desire of a man named Philip. In chapter number 8, we find out that there was a man who not only desired um, uh, to stop Christians, but he desired to put them to death. I wrote this down in my Bible. When you desire to serve the Lord, Satan desires to stop you at all costs. So while you're serving, Satan's trying to fight back, dear friends i thought about that and so much. And like I say, I could give testimony on that tonight. Some of the things we've been trying to do, some of the things that we've been trying to do in our own power. And what God's taught me is it's not my power that's going to get it done. Uh, I had the privilege and opportunity of hearing another preacher preach the other day. And he was preaching on Noah and he was preaching on that ark. And he said, you know what? There wasn't no rudder on that ark. That's because Noah was never in control of that ark. God was in control. And dear friend, can I tell you today, you're not in control of your own life. You may think you have the steering wheel. You may think that you do. But at best, you may get to sit up front. Folks, I feel like I'm hanging on by the bumper most days. I'm just doing all I can just to be in the car. I'm telling you, I'm just trying to go on. You know what? But I say that to say this. You know what? Uh, We see that Stephen had a desire. We see, uh, as we're going to find out, uh, Philip had a desire. You know what? Why you have a desire to serve the Lord, Satan had a desire to stop you. He wants to stop you at all costs. In verse number one of chapter number eight, uh, there was great persecution come against the church. Why? Because Satan was trying to stop the church. God had started his church. Jesus had planted the church during the most heinous, horrible time in history. The Roman Empire. You wouldn't want to start a church during this time. Uh, These people were relentless. Remember how they crucified our Savior? The worst death that any man could die? Yet, here during this time is when God would choose to plant the church. He would choose to use these people. Then there was great persecution that they were going through. So much so that they were scattered abroad according to the Scripture, according to verse number 1, except the apostles. They were scattered to Judea. They were scattered to Samaria. Uh, As they were pushed out, you know what they were going through? They were going through, as verse number 2 says, great lamentation. They were going through a hard time. You know what? As they were serving the Lord, persecution came. As they were serving the Lord, guess what? Sadness and sorrow came into their life. Uh, But as we continue to read on, uh, like I said, Satan is fighting against. We find out this young man named Saul of Tarsus. Verse number 3 said he made havoc of the church. Hey, dear friend, there was great havoc during this time frame too. You know what? When you're going through it, you know what? You may really get to go through it. There's great persecution. There's great limitation. There's great havoc. But I'm grateful that the Bible doesn't stop there. I'm grateful that we don't end on verse number three because we continue on. In verse number four, we find out through the persecution, through the scattering abroad, that there was great word being preached. And guess what, dear friends? There's still great word being preached. God's word has not changed. Man has changed. Man has changed God's word. But God's Word has not changed. God's Word has stayed the same. I wrote this down in my my notes this evening. During the darkest time is when the light shines the brightest. When, When things seem bleak, when it seems like, oh, I can't go on. Lord, I've got a desire to serve you. Lord, I want to stay steadfast. I want to continue on. But how do I do it? Just yesterday, I'm walking through the garage, I'm walking outside. I don't know, I spend a lot of my prayer time outside. I don't know where you do it. It's been cold, so it's been, let's bundle up an extra layer. I get out there and I walk and I just talk to the Lord. And I was out there walking and just praying last night. And as I was seeking the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I said, more than ever, my flesh wants to give up. It just wants to quit. But the more my flesh wants to quit, the more I know that the victory is about to come. Because it's always darkest right before daylight, dear friends. It's not easy when it's the darkest time. When the darkest time, you're groping, you're reaching around, you're like, Lord, what do I do? But that's the time when you trust Him the most. It's not time to back up. It's not time to look for something new. It's time to keep going with what's been steadfast. Uh, We need to be consistent in our prayer lives. We need to be consistent in our Bible study. We need to have a consistent desire to continue to follow Him. But I love this because I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get back to our text in a minute. But by verse number 5, Philip was driven out of Jerusalem. And when he was driven out of Jerusalem, he was driven into an area called Samaria. But I love what I see here because in verse number 5, there wasn't only great word, there was great preaching. You know what he did? The same thing he was doing in Jerusalem, he went and done in Samaria. He didn't matter where he was at, guess what he did? He just kept on doing the same thing. Folks, if we could ever grasp that today, we feel like oh we've started a new new job, oh we've end up in a new house, we're in a new location, what do we do? You do the same thing you've always done. You don't try to do something new. Don't look for a new way. Just keep doing the, uh, the old ways. I remember uh, the first time I went to California, we stayed on the old paths or old way uh, street there at the, uh, at the um, um, my goodness, the Hampton Inn. And I remember Zach told me the big long story because uh, Pastor had made mention about that sign out there. And uh, so I was walking those streets. I was out there praying and I was walking those streets. and I remember the old path. And you know what, friends? That's what we need to do. We need to stay on the old paths. Uh, but we continue to read on about philip philip had great preaching not only did philip had great preaching but i love this in verse number six though there was great works being performed it says uh and the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which philip spake now that was his preaching hearing and seeing the miracles what he did hey there was great works being performed here by verse number seven we find out that there was great transformation their lives were being transformed how much so it says that they were healed we wonder why we're not getting healed today it's because we ain't got the Word no more. The preaching's not going like it used to go. Now, Calvary, we're fortunate here. But I promise you, that's not everywhere. Uh, as many churches as we've been in, I, and I don't know, I'm giving a guess. Uh, I'd have to count them up, but I don't think I'm too far off. I guess in about the last four years, we've been in over 600 churches. You know what I've noticed? It ain't the same everywhere. Folks, uh, I mean, we, we need to be grateful and thankful for what we have, but we need to understand that where the Word is being preached, transformation is taking place. Souls are being saved. But I love this because I'm, I'm going to move on, but I, I see Philip's desire here. No matter if he was in Jerusalem or if he was in Samaria, he was going to serve because by verse number 8, there was great joy in the area. You know, there were some great things taking place uh, throughout their lives, throughout the life of these men. We see that uh, Stephen, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Stephen, during all of this, you know what? He desired to serve the Lord so much that it cost him his life. Philip was desiring to serve the Lord so much, though, it took him out of his area that he was at in Jerusalem and put him in Samaria, so much so that he would actually be moved by verse number 26 out into the desert. And so I want to preach on this just for the next few moments this evening on what is your desire this evening? And I wrote down just a few things I wanted, to, just a few points this evening. What's your desire? First off, I noticed that there was a place he was called to. Uh, verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. God gave him a place to serve. Now, dear friends, he was serving and he was doing in a great capacity right where he was at there in Samaria. Jerusalem, he was doing a good job. Well, he got pushed out of there. I'm grateful, and we should be grateful tonight, that these individuals have been pushed out of the area where they were at. Because they didn't want to stay where they were at. But how does the gospel ever get out? Well, sometimes we've got to be pushed out. Because we get so comfortable, we get so stagnant right where we're at that God has to say, I'm pushing you to a new location. Folks, that's a little bit of my testimony tonight. I love it here. I've gave that story so many different times. We love it here. My wife grew up. She knows, I mean, she's born and raised in Statesville. This is all she's ever known. The undertaking of thinking, moving to a new area. But I'm grateful that God is just working and God has, has a plan and God has everything already worked out. While I can't see it and while I don't understand it, He does. <laughs> He's already there, dear friend. I'm just having to follow the lead. Uh, so often we want to get ahead of God. We want to take that steering wheel. We want to take it from God and do our own thing. But we see that the place where God called Him. I, I love the Scripture because it says right here that the angel spoke unto Him. He said, Arise and go. Folks, we've sat down long enough. It's time for us to rise and go. I appreciate this missionary family here tonight. You know what they're doing? They're rising and going. You know what you ought to do? The least that we can do tonight is we can pray for them. We can pray God, just stay, stick right there with them. I'm thankful tonight that we've had some people here praying for us. There's been situations we've been in and I've gotten in trouble and I better not get in too much trouble tonight. There's things I can say about the prison and things I cannot say. And I'm learning that because I get in trouble at it. Uh, but sure enough, I thought about some of the situations. I can't, I've told a few of you uh, probably more in detail, but there's some situations I've been in. Had it not been for people praying, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here today. You say, Brother Justin, how dangerous is it? It's that dangerous. You have to remember who they're locking up. And I walk in there and there's one officer for every 100 inmates. Uh, There's no way they're going to be able to protect me. You know what? But I'm thankful for the presence of God for the protection of God as we go in there. You know what? We're going to preach the Word of God. We're going to love on those men. We're going to tell them about Jesus. You know what? We're going to have people saved. Lives are going to be transformed. Lives are going to be changed. But we see here that there was a place where God called Philip. Uh, He asked him to go somewhere, as Matthew Henry said it. He said, sometimes God opens a door of opportunity to his ministers in very unlikely places. God had called Philip away from a city out into the middle of the desert to an area where no one else was. I thought about Abraham and Genesis chapter number 12. God didn't tell him where he was going. He just said, I want you to go out there. He, in uh, chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. You know what? He said, just go. You know what? Sometimes we've just got to be willing to go. But we've got to have a desire. Philip had a desire. He said, if I'm in Jerusalem, I'm going to serve the Lord. If I'm in Samaria, I'm going to serve the Lord. If I'm out in the desert, I'm going to serve the Lord. I think about it, if there wouldn't have been nobody else out there, I bet you he'd have preached to the rocks. Maybe you just don't, don't understand that very well, but as a young preacher, when I would go out there and before I ever preached to anybody, I'd preach to the cows. So I'd walk out in the backyard and walk back out there and I'd just start preaching at them. I'm sure they didn't understand a word and maybe they did, maybe, they, maybe I had a, bellic and a, a bellum and a donkey out there, who knows. Uh, but sure enough, I'd go out there and just preach to the, to the cows. You know, what? I feel like Philip would have just went just because he was supposed to go. Philip knew that, hey, I'm going to serve the Lord at all costs. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. So I noticed there was a place that Philip was supposed to go. Not only a place, but I see that he had a desire. Why? Because there was a purpose for him to go. Notice with me in verse number 27. And he arose and went, and uh, and behold, a man of Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. And we'll address that here in a minute. But it says, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, Now notice his purpose here. Then the Spirit saith unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. Hey, here's the purpose why Philip was supposed to be out there. Philip had a desire to serve the Lord, and God gave him a place to serve. Philip had a desire to serve the Lord, so he gave him a purpose to serve. He said, what I want you to do, he said, I want you to go out there. He said, matter of fact, I want you to join up with this chariot. So I've thought a lot about that chariot. This was a man of great authority, as Scripture says. He had charge of all the treasure of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. So I thought to myself, he probably wasn't the only one in this chariot. He probably didn't drive his own chariot. There was probably other people that were affected in this situation. Yet Philip was willing to join this chariot. Uh, Philip had a desire to serve the Lord at all costs. If you go back just to that verse that we finished reading, verse 27, this man had a desire, and we'll talk more about this, but this Ethiopian man had a desire to worship. I told you already tonight, I didn't come in here to do anything but to worship. I could have very easily told pastor, hey, the kids are sick, um, I'm just going to stay home tonight, and it'd be, I'm sure he'd have been all right with that. But my desire was to serve the Lord this evening. My desire was to come in and to worship. You know what? What is the desire tonight? What is our desire tonight? I don't know if I can reiterate that enough times, but yet we see in Scripture, we see that he had a desire to go to worship and Philip had a desire to serve the Lord, so the Lord gave him a purpose. If you study that out and figure out how far that is to go from Jerusalem to Ethiopia, that's about 2,500 miles. Did you know that if you were to ride a car from that distance is about 85 hours? They were on camel or horseback. How many months, maybe even up to a year, he traveled to go worship? Who in here traveled more than an hour tonight to come to church? I know a few probably did because I know where you live at. Folks, how far did you travel willing to come to worship tonight? What was your desire? Why? Why was your desire? And so we get to thinking about Philip and his desire here. His desire was to do whatever the Lord wanted him to do. God gave him a purpose to do just this. This Ethiopian, and I thought about this, though uh, God spoke to Philip and told him through the angel, arise and go, hey, guess what? The Ethiopian had to arise and go too. There's more desires going on than you realize. Hey, I may not have a desire to get up and go to work tomorrow. Hey, I may not have a desire to get up and go to school tomorrow, but if I'll serve the Lord, guess what? God will put somebody in front of me tomorrow. You know what, hey, that co-worker is going through some things. I asked the men to pray for a family member just this evening. Um, I got a phone call the other day. Uh, one of our family members is, is, is lost, and, he needs to, and they need to be saved, him and his wife. And so he called me up this past week, and when he called me up, I admit, initially thought, okay, boom, he's wanting me to come over and give them the gospel, they're ready to get saved. Well, he had a completely different agenda. But I'm praying that God would continue to uh, give him the desire to be saved. You know He's asked me some questions, and so I want to talk to him about the Lord. But I thought about this. I thought about this purpose that God had given uh, to Philip here. God had told Philip, He said, I want you to join yourself to this chariot for this time, for this place. You know what? uh, The Ethiopian, his intentions were right, and I believe his desires were even right. But we'll get more into that in a minute. But we find out as we read the Word of God that going to worship and knowing about worship And even reading the Word of God wasn't enough. It's not enough to come in here and sit in your seat every single week. It's not enough when an offering plate comes by to put your tithe in. It's not enough to walk in with your Bible. It's not enough just to show up. We've got to go and we've got to have a desire to serve the Lord. That means carrying it outside of here. It cannot stay in here, dear friends. I heard the other day, and I thought it was pretty amazing, a man had asked me about... um, about coming in and speaking at a, at a um, uh, kind of like a, um, I can't think of what it's called, like a halfway house. And he asked me, he said, Justin, he said, how long are you going to be here? And I told him, I said, just today. And he said, I wish you would here tomorrow because I'd love for you to come speak. And anyways, he was telling me a little bit about how they were getting guys in and how they were touching these families. And I told him, I said, the greatest way that we can ever reach anybody is by word of mouth. We go around and we actually speak to them. Uh this was, uh, it's worked in the, in the Bible. It still works today. You can advertise, you can put it on billboards, you can put it on signs, you can put it on Facebook, put it wherever you want. But word of mouth still works the best even today. And so we see the purpose here of this man. I thought about this. You know what? He had a desire to serve the Lord. Some of you have heard this story, and so it may be a repeat to you, but uh, I had a desire back in uh, uh, 2021. uh, We went out west. It was my first time actually going to the state of Arizona. First time in uh, Colorado, first time in Utah. We had a blast while we were out there, and uh, anyways, we flew out there, and we were out there for a few weeks, ministered in a few churches, got to preach, and really just enjoyed our time. But while we were there, um, the Holy Spirit, of course, spoke to my heart during that time frame about going and moving to Arizona, as we're planning on doing. Well, anyways, the Holy Spirit uh, worked on me about that, and then we, we got back and we flew back in, and we flew back in on Thanksgiving Day. And now my wife is watching tonight, so she'll hold me to this if I can not say any of this wrong. Uh, but we flew back in on Thanksgiving Day, and if any of you have ever thrown on Thanksgiving, you know that uh, Thanksgiving, nothing's open. So we went to a little Sonic there and got something to eat and then headed straight over to the airport. Spent all day at at, uh, at the airport. What a great joy that was uh, with four children at the airport. Now we've got six. It's even more fun. And so anyways, we're at the airport and uh, we we get on the plane and the pilot, he must have been wanting to get back for Thanksgiving dinner too because he zoomed that plane on back as fast as I think we've ever been uh, from out west uh, coming back. And so we got back to Charlotte and it was late. And it was around midnight, and we landed and uh, got back in. And I done like any good husband does. I took my wife and my kids, and I set them out on the curb. And I said, stand here with the bags, and I'll go get the vehicle. And so I left and went to go get the vehicle, hopped on the bus, and got there on the bus and began to drive around or begin to ride around with the bus driver and those that were on the bus. And we got out there. And uh, I just knew where we parked at. And so uh, the bus driver said, so where are you at? And I told him, I said, oh, I'm over here at this lot. And uh, I get, let me off at this stop. So we got over there and I began to get off the bus. We got over there and I believe it was XX. And we got over there and got to the uh, got, got to that, uh, little spot there. And I got off the bus and the car wasn't there. I said, uh-oh, I got back on the bus. I said, I must have mistaken myself. Any of you have ever traveled uh, traveled much, you understand what I'm saying. And so anyways, get back on the bus. And I told the bus driver, I said, man, I said, I'm mistaken. I said, we were at XY, that's where we're at. And so I got off the bus and looked around. This ain't it neither. (laughs) I got back on the bus. Uh, We drove to the next stop, and the bus driver said, think it's this one? I said, I think it's this one. Got off and looked around. What I soon found out is I didn't have a clue where I parked my vehicle. Got back on the bus. Well now I've been riding the bus for 30 minutes. Chris and the kids are still standing on the curb. It's about 30 degrees outside. Kristen calls me. and said, where are you at? I said, honey, I said, I can't find the vehicle. I'm riding around with the bus driver. We're going to make another lap. She said, okay. She said, hurry up. I said, okay. So get back on the bus and... Uh, by now, we've rode around uh, Charlotte Douglas uh, a long enough time. I know the bus driver by first name basis. And so we're talking. We're having a good time. He's a born-again believer. We're worshiping. Wife and kids are still on the curb. And so anyways, we're worshiping. Y'all know me. I like to talk. But anyway, so we're riding around. And he says, he says, Justin, and like I say, first name basis now. He says, Justin, I need, a, I, I need to park the bus. He said, uh, he, said he goes, I'm going to drop you off here. And he said, he said you're just going to have to walk and look for the bus or look for your vehicle. And I said, okay. No big deal. Uh, and so uh, I hopped off the bus. I told, him, I told him I hope he had a good night. Kristen calls me again. Hey, it's been over an hour now. Where are you at? And I said, uh, I don't know. I'm still looking for the car. And so I said, everything will be all right. I said, but, but before the bus driver drove off, he said to me, he said, Justin, he said, you see that white truck over there? And I said, yes, sir. He said, the one with the green light. And I said, yes, sir. He said, if you can't find your vehicle, just go over there and talk to him. He'll tell you where, he'll help you to find your vehicle. He said, that's what his job is to do. If any of y'all ever been to Charlotte Douglas, you've seen these trucks before. So you know what I'm talking about. And that's why they're there. And so I said, said, I'm good. I said, I'll figure out where it's at. By this point in time, it's after one o'clock. It's down one o'clock in the morning. It's downpouring. I'm walking around out there and I'm like, panic button. Where's my car? And so I'm hitting that button, hitting that button, and I cannot find my car. And so I begin to walk around. Now, here goes my phone ringing again. Kristen's like, where you at? <laughs> she goes, we're still standing on the curb. And I said, honey, I, said, I can't find the car. She said, well, you better find the car. And I said, okay, okay. Uh, I, said, I said, I'm working on it. We're probably an hour and a half into it now, folks. And I'm still looking for the car. Finally, I walk over there and I walk over to the truck and I told the man, I said, sir, I said, I cannot find our vehicle. I said, uh, I said, would you help me? He said, hop on in. He said, we'll find your vehicle. He said, that's what I'm here for. I said, okay. He said, people lose their vehicles all the time. I'm sitting there thinking, not me, (laughs) not me. Uh, But sure enough, I learned too. I'm going to take a picture of where I park at from now on. Uh, But anyways, hop in the truck with him. And I had a desire to get home that day. But the Holy Spirit had a different desire that day. He wanted me to speak and give that man the gospel. But I didn't want to give him the gospel. What I wanted to do is I wanted to satisfy that wife and children, and I wanted to get home. I'd been gone all day long. We'd been gone for about 12, 14 hours. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Justin, just give him a gospel track. I said, no, Lord. I said, I'm not going to give him a gospel track. I just want to get home. I'm looking for my car. So we spent the next hour. Driving around. We went all through lot two. Guess what we found out? Car wasn't in lot two. We went to lot one and we began to ride that lot uh, back and forth. The whole time, the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart. Justin, just give him a gospel track. Justin, just give him a gospel track. I said, but Lord... I said, I've got a wife and kids back there on the curb. I said, we just want to get home. Get back into the warm. Find our car. And the Holy Spirit said, just give him a gospel track. And finally I looked over at the man and I said, sir, I said, let me stop you. And he literally stopped the truck. And I said, the Holy Spirit of God wants me to give you a gospel track. I gave him the gospel track and began to explain what it was all about. No sooner than I did that, I hit the panic button on the vehicle. Sitting right the side where we parked the truck was my vehicle. I say that only to say this because it's a funny story. And Kristen, kill me either way. I almost—we uh, didn't get divorced that day. We almost got murdered. Uh, but sure enough, uh, what I, I say that because God had a purpose for me to be in that position that day. My desire is to serve Him. I went all the way across the nation to serve Him. Yet, right here in Charlotte, He had somebody He wanted me to witness to. Here I was looking for somewhere else. Here I had a desire to go somewhere else. And God said, I want you to use you right here, right now. And so we see the purpose. I see the placement of this man. I see the purpose for uh, Philip. But I see the problem here. I see the problem. Notice right here as the scripture goes on, verse 30. And Philip ran thither and heard uh, him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest? I love the question that he gives him. Do you understand what you're reading? I gave this example in a church the other day. Have we ever just took time to ask somebody about them? Pastor, I heard you say it many years ago, and I use it all the time, and I love it, and I continue to use it even to this day. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Folks, we get so hung up with our agenda, with what's going on, and our own desires that we forget about why God even placed us here. He saved us. Why? That we could tell somebody else about Jesus. So that they would get saved. So that they wouldn't go to a devil's hell. That's why we're here. We're not here for ourselves. Though that is why we often think we're here. Well, God, what can I benefit out of this? I've caught myself, and maybe you have too, in my own prayer life, I've caught myself spending more time worried about what I want and what I want God to do in my life than what God wants to do in my life. You know what, the desire there. But we see the problem that this man had because not only was uh, there a place, not only was there a purpose, but there was a problem here. I love it in verse 30, 31 because the Ethiopian is just real humble, ain't he? Notice what he says. How can I accept some man to guide me? Dude, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm English. Dude, I don't understand. I'm trying to figure out what you're talking about, but I can't get it. It's just going over my head. Uh, how many times have you sit there and and you talk to a person and they just ain't getting it. You're sitting there trying to, if you'll paint it out in pictures for me, I ain't going to understand it all all day long. Folks, I have a hard time when someone's speaking. I just don't comprehend it that way. But if you'll draw a picture and draw me a diagram, get, get that piece of machinery out. Let me get a hold of that thing. You know what? Let me put those blocks together. I'll figure it out a lot quicker. I sit there and watched Bronx last night. He didn't know it, but I stood around the corner. And I just watched my son for about 10 minutes as he was putting together these blocks. And I kept watching him. He was talking to himself about it. And I didn't know that he was going to be a sermon illustration tonight neither. But uh, anyways, I'm just watching him. And as I'm watching him, he's putting those blocks and he's taking it apart and he's putting it together. And he's taking it apart and I'm watching him. And I watched as he would fail in what he was doing, but he wouldn't give up. He sat there and he was like, no, this isn't going to work, but I need it this big. And so I, I seen his design, what he was trying to build. And so he got it built. And then he realized I was standing there and he was startled to death. And he said, how long have you been standing there? Because he's always trying to scare me. And so I scared him. He said, how long you been standing there? I said, son, I've been watching you. I'm thinking about my heavenly father tonight. You know what he's doing? He's been watching. He's been watching me. He's been watching you, dear friend. He's watching you to see hey, are you going to sit there and put the pieces together yourself, or are you going to let him help you put it together? He's already got a design. He's already got a plan. He's already fashioned it. But we see the problem was he couldn't figure it out. We've got problems today, dear friends. We can't figure it out. I remember, and Pastor was talking about my hair. Oh, dear friend, if you could have seen my hair 20 years ago, some of you have. When I had those dreadlocks, when I was strung out on drugs and on alcohol, uh, when I didn't care about my life so much so that I would committed suicide a few different times or attempted suicide, let me rephrase it like that. You know what, I was living a life, you know what, the reason that God called us into the prison is because I've been where those men have been. I know what it's like to sleep sleep in a five by ten. I understand solitary confinement. But we see that this man had a problem. What was his problem? He didn't know. He needed some man to guide him. Folks, if you don't know the Lord in here tonight, you need some man to guide you tonight. The Holy Spirit of God wants to guide you. Uh, Romans chapter number 10, verse number 14. How shall they then call upon Him in whom they have not believed? Or how shall they believe on Him in whom they have not heard? Or how shall they hear without a preacher? Uh, there's a preacher come to you tonight, dear friend. I want to tell you, Jesus is the only way. There's not another way. You're not going to find a worship service. You're not going to find a book. You're not going to find another way other than Jesus. Folks, we don't need anything else. Uh, The world wants to give us all these different things. How many people today are looking at a pigskin ball today thinking it's going to satisfy? How many people are thinking, hey, I'm going to win the money because, I don't even know who's playing today, but but Kansas City and somebody. Uh, uh, Because if they're going to win, I'm going to hit it rich. How many people are betting their lives away? Their families away? How many people are going to be homeless tomorrow? Because their desires are in the wrong place. Well, Lord, I want to go out there. I thought about it, and y'all know I don't like the NFL. Y'all know that about me. If you don't kick a ball, I don't care about it. And uh, needless to say, I watched a little bit of that game yesterday, and I thought to myself when they were in Baltimore, I said, man, they are stinking nuts sitting out in that cold weather like that. I said, I'm going to sit here in the warm, and I don't even want to watch it, but I can at least watch it in the warm if I want to watch it. But yet, how much money are they going to give to go to that game? Because of where their desire is at. How many people should be in the house of God tonight? They don't understand their problem that they have, but their problem is that they need Jesus. Uh, because in their own ability, and my own ability and your own ability will end up in hell every single time. Uh, you say, no, nah, preacher, you, you just don't understand. Now, I, I'll get uh, Romans chapter 3, verse number 23 says, For all have sinned come short of the glory of God. God can't let a sinner into heaven, dear friend. God's heaven is sinless. And he can't let us in there that way. You say, well, preacher, I've got a good heart. I'll end up there. Jeremiah talks about that. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, Can I just go ahead and say tonight, your heart's not good tonight. Uh, Not only is your heart not good, well, you'll say, oh, well, if my heart's not good, I'll get in there by good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. (laughs) Your works ain't gonna get you there neither, friend. (laughs) Uh, you say, oh, well, well, preacher, you know what? If I don't have a good heart and I don't have good works, I'll just be a good person. Huh? Romans chapter 3 verse number 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So not a good heart, not good works, not even being a good person. Talk to an inmate there in December. And I spoke to him, and we were doing the Christmas gifts there up in Tennessee. And he come to the door, and he said, he said, he said, chap, I need to talk to you. And I said, yes, sir. I said, what's going on? And he began just to unload. And I mean, he was just telling me a lot of stuff. And he said, I don't even deserve to be in here. And I said, I thought to myself, well, you do, or you wouldn't be here. But then he said, there was some conviction that came upon him. He said, well, I did assault somebody. He said, so I guess I do deserve to be here. You know what I'm just saying tonight? You know what? We think that we can do it in our own good works. We think we can do it in our own uh, being good people. We think that we can have a good heart, but that won't be good enough, dear friend. So we see right here, we see this, the place. We see the purpose. We see the problem. But I love it because Scripture goes on that God sent a preacher on. You know what? Because there was a problem. There was a plan that God sent and put in place God had a specific purpose for Philip to meet up with this man at this appointed time. It's not by accident you're sitting in this church service at this time for this message because God put you here for a reason. I don't believe in accidents, dear friend. I don't believe... (laughs) People told me I was an accident growing up. And boy, it was hard because I believed them for a long time. My mom did not plan to have me. My mom was still in high school when she got pregnant with me. My dad was out of the picture. Didn't even know my dad growing up. My mom had... We were in some some difficult situations. You know what? I used to believe those people that told me, you know what? You're an accident. You weren't planned. But I'm sure grateful that God planned out my life. That God's got a purpose for my life. You know what? Now I've got a desire to serve Him. Because I understand that today. I hope you understand that God's got something for you today. I hope you understand that this man right here, and not only did... Did Philip go with a desire as verse number 35 says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He didn't preach unto him Muhammad. He didn't preach unto him Allah. He didn't preach unto him Joseph Smith. He didn't preach unto him any other name but the name of Jesus, the only name that can save. Oh dear friend. We don't get excited enough about Jesus today. Uh, We say His name so quietly, we get off to the side, and we're like, oh, we're going to go over here and say our little prayer. Hopefully nobody hears me say Jesus. Praise God for that quarterback the other day that said, I praise the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God for the coach that said the other day, hey, I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit of Scripture. It's about time Christians start standing up and saying, praise the Lord, the name of Jesus. Don't be ashamed. I'm not ashamed tonight. I'm not ashamed. You say, well, you're in church. Dear friend, you come around with me for a little bit. If I'm ever ashamed of Jesus, I might as well just quit. I might as well just hang up the towel. I pray, God, just give me the boldness just to continue on. Folks, I'm not near as bold as I'd love to be huh? because I'd love to stand a little bit. I'd like to, I would like I don't want to have to die for my faith. But I want to be willing to die for my faith as Stephen did. Folks, I hope I never, I never get killed. I hope no one ever takes my life. Uh, it was just a few months ago, I was reading there a, a news article where a man standing in Glendale, Arizona, was shot right in the face out there preaching the gospel on the street side. And I thought to myself, that's the area we're about to move to. Boy, it sure did get real, real quick. I said, Lord, that, well, this is the area you're calling us into. But we see the preacher right here. We see the plan that God had. God had put Philip in the path of this man at this appointed time to give him the gospel, and that's all that he needed was the gospel. He didn't need anything else. Hey, look! Look back, verse twenty-seven. It says that he went to worship. He desired to go to worship. Hey, as you continue to read right here, it said he had a desire to read the word of God. He was reading verse thirty, uh, the prophet Isaiah. So he's reading the Scripture. Not only was he reading the Scripture, hey, he said right here uh, in verse number 34, he had a desire to know who it was that he was reading about. Uh, By verse number uh, 36, he had a desire to even be baptized. And all those things are great. But they're not the main thing. We can have a desire to get up in this baptistry and get wet. We can have a desire to have the Word of God. We can have a desire to know about the Word of God. We can have a desire to even come in church tonight but where's your desire for Him? Because in verse number 37, it says, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I see right here that this man had a desire, so much so that there was a precious soul saved. You know what? Lives were changed, and lives will continue to be changed when we have a desire for Jesus. I reiterate again tonight, what is your desire in here this evening? You came into church for some reason this evening. Well, I came in because I wanted to do it because I've been preaching so long against, and it's, it's amazing, I've been preaching so much against religion here lately. Because what I have tonight isn't a religion. It's a relationship. Folks, we've gotten so far away from relationship. Well, if you don't do it this way and say it like this, Folks, some people will, will say the sinner's prayer and get saved. Some people will be in their pickup truck. Some people will be at the job site. Some people will be on the bedside. Some people will be near death. You know what? God's got a plan for everybody. You know what? He wants everyone to be saved. We know that according to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his um, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises Some man count slackness, but his long suffering towards us were not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. I listened to the message this morning. I, I listened to what pastor preached on this morning uh, on the author and finisher of our faith. You know what? He's not done tonight. You know what? He's working in our hearts even tonight because we've came tonight with a desire. And I just ask you about that desire. We've got some young men in here. I know it's, it's been themed uh, for today, uh, for, for this day of the sons of the prophet. some young men who have got a desire to serve the Lord. But let's not exclude everyone else that came to church tonight. Who else has got a desire to serve the Lord in here tonight? God may not ask you to be a preacher. God may not ask you to sing a special, Lord forbid, if I ever do one. Um, God may not ask you to be part of the choir. God may not ask you to to serve in any of that type of capacity. But He's asking you to reach your family. He's asking you to reach your co-workers. That one at the grocery store. We're living in such a wicked day, dear friend. You know what, when you walk in there, there ought to be something different about you. I was reading back through chapter number 7 today, and I was reading on Stephen. Stephen's face shined like an angel. There was something that stood out about this man. You know what, when we go somewhere, we are, there ought to be something that stands out about us. Not because we're weird, but because we've got Jesus living within us. And His glory's coming out of us. We were, I go back to that same thing I was telling you about, about the kids with the devotion this past week. And so I got to talking to the kids and we go through and we break down the scripture. And we went there to the end of chapter number 19 and where Elijah took his mantle and laid it on Elijah. And I said to the kids, I said, what was special about that mantle? And we got to talking about that mantle. And something the Lord just really showed me. Did you know that was the same mantle that Elijah covered his face with when he went out to stand before the Lord? You know what? When God spoke to him with that still small voice, it was the same mantle. And I think back to Moses. I think the back where God hit, um, hit him in the cliff of that rock and put his hand over his eyes so he couldn't see all of him, but the hinder parts. I got to thinking about that. What is it that God desires for us tonight? You know what? God has put us in a place, in a position. You know what? You ought to be shining. People ought to have to put the veil on when they come up to you and say, man, there's something going on with you, dear friend. You know what? What's different about you? You know what? Do you have that desire for the Lord? Do you know Him tonight? Now, I would say most of the people in here do know the Lord tonight. I would hope they do anyways. But there may be one in here that doesn't. You're sitting there saying, I I don't understand any of this tonight. Preacher, I ain't following you this evening. You're going down a complete path, and I I ain't really figured this out. Maybe you've heard the story, maybe you hadn't. But Philip was serving Jerusalem, Samaria, and the desert. And then I find out by verse 40, Philip was even serving in the way. When God took him out of that, and the angel scooped him up out of there and dumped him somewhere else, guess what he did? He just kept serving. You know what? His desire was to serve the Lord at all costs. So no matter whether you're right here in the church, you're out there on the street, or you're at the house and nobody sees you. Desire should always be to serve the Lord. Father, I thank you tonight, Lord, for letting me open your word. God, I'm humbled, God, at your grace tonight. Lord, I think about our desires. Lord, I think about my desire. Father, I didn't get in and didn't say a whole lot about it tonight, Lord, because this isn't about me. But Father, I can just think about myself and think about what's going on in our own lives. And Lord, our desires sometimes take us off course. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, that we do some business with you tonight. God, that we would make sure that our desires line up with your desires. Heard it said so many times that we could be doing the good things, but we're not doing the best things. And Father, wherever we are in our walk with you this evening, Lord, God, I pray that we would get our desires back on track with your desires. Father, I read in Psalm 37 and 7, uh, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I think about it so often, Lord, that if my desires become your desires, then you'll give me the desires of my heart. Father, I pray, God, that you would use this message. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help those in here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Why don't we stand tonight? Man, what a great, what a great message. Couple couple thoughts, couple questions. Number one, do you have a desire? I mean, do you have a, a burning desire to serve Christ? You have a desire to, to make a difference. Do you have a desire? The second question is this. Do people know that you have a desire? The people that you're around, the people you work with, the folks that you go to school with, your family members, do they know that you have a desire to serve Christ? You know, maybe tonight, while we pause just for a moment, maybe somebody needs to just slip around this altar and say something like this, Lord, increase my desire to serve you. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help others to know I have a desire to serve the Lord of lords. And so I'll be paused just for a moment tonight. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, why don't you just do that? Why don't you just slip out, come around the altar this evening, and and just word of prayer to the Lord. Lord, increase my desire. God, give me a desire to do something great for you. Wonderful, wonderful message. Father, Thank you so much for this time that we've had together tonight. God, our hearts have been encouraged. We thank you for the great music, the wonderful singing. And then, Lord, I want to thank you for this powerful message that you used Brother Justin to bring tonight. Oh, God, I pray that you'd give me desire. God, increase my desire, Lord, to serve you. I pray, Lord, that if it might be your will, that 2024 would be... Lord, the greatest year of service for you, for my life, for this church. Have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. And God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. If you need to come, the altars are open. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, you know, I'm not even sure if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. And I want you to come in just a moment. I'm going to make my way to the main floor just for a few moments. And if you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I want you to come. And we would love to take a Bible and show you how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you